Hey, thanks for joining us. My name is Scott. I'm the, I'm the lead pastor here at Journey Church. We're going to continue in this series that we're calling Come and See. And in this series, we're taking a chunk of time to look at the story of Jesus as told by John. Now, just to clarify, I said this last week, but I, I, I know that clear is kind. I want to make sure you understood. I said that last week, we're going to, we're going to spend about 60 weeks in, in, in the book of John, and that was like six, zero. I had a couple of people afterwards, did you say 16? Because even that seems like a lot, but, but no, I was like six, zero. We're going we're gonna to immerse ourselves in the story of Jesus. And, and not just on, again, on, on a whim or just for no reason at all, but we're, we're doing it because of what John says at the end of his gospel. And we looked at this last week where John says, like all of these things that I have written, this story of Jesus from beginning to end, I have done so that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God, and that by believing, you would have life in his name. You see, what we believe about Jesus it changes everything. It's a lot like what we believe about any piece of furniture, especially like a stool. Like, like I might say that I believe that this is a stool. I accept the truth that this is a stool because I, maybe I could see it or someone told me that it was or I, I read about it in a book someday. But until I actually begin to put my hope and my trust and my faith in what this, this stool is intended and, and purpose to do, there, the, my belief is only uh, just thin and not very valuable. And see, when we talk about like, what we believe about Jesus, it changes everything. When we place our hope and our trust and our faith, when we pick our feet up on the ground and we entrust our lives with him, it, it changes everything. And this isn't something that just happens in, in a moment. It's not something that happens overnight. It's something that happens in, in faithful step-by-step following of Jesus. And that's what we hope to do as we make our way through this, this gospel is, is we want to learn more about who he is and, and about his identity, but we want to take faithful steps one by one together with, with one another as we, follow, as we follow Jesus. Now, last week, if, if you were here, we kind of went through this introduction, the first, I don't know, 18 verses of, of John chapter 1, and, and in them, you know, it says that, that Jesus was the Word, that in the Word was the beginning, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and we just get this great introduction to, to who Jesus is. But if you're paying attention, you, you saw that there was another name in that, in that introduction, and it was John the Baptist was kind of just tossed in there, kind of peppered in there like two times. And kind of randomly, it's a little bit hard to understand why John the author was tossing this John the Baptist in there. But, but John the Baptist isn't unknown to, to many of us. If you've read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you've, you've seen this character. He's, he's kind of famous, right? He's famous for what he wears, camel-like hair all over his body. He's, he's famous for what he eats wild honey and, and locust, right? He, he has a following. He has, he has influence. He calls people to repentance and to a baptism. And then, I mean, it's kind of horrific, but his, his life ends by being beheaded. Like, these are the things that, that he is faithful or famous for. But what's most significant about John the Baptist and what he did was that his, his main point, like his main purpose was not to draw people to himself or point people to himself, but rather to point people to Jesus, to point people in, in the direction of Jesus. And we saw just a glimpse of that in the introduction that we looked at last week, and we're going to see it just a little bit more as we continue in John's gospel today. 
Now, last week when we started this, I, I invited, if you were willing and, and able, I invited you to stand with me as, as we read. And, and I'm going to continue to do that. And we'll see if we just kind of continue with this throughout this all 60 weeks. But if you wouldn't mind standing with me out of reverence for the, the Word of God. And if you have a Bible, you're more than welcome to open it up. But we're going to read from John chapter 1, starting in verse uh, 19, all the way till um, verse 42. And when I say we, I mean me. You don't have to read along with me. It gets awkward real fast. It's happened. So here's what the word of the Lord says. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had, sent, who had been sent questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but, I, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day was, the next day John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus, The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which translated is Peter. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may have a seat. So what we read in in this section of of Scripture actually takes place over a a three-day period, more or less. And what we see at the beginning is that John the Baptist, and in my notes, I I just started, I got tired of typing John the Baptist, so I just said JTB. So every once in a while, I might toss like a JTB in there. So like, like he was stirring up 
kind of, not, maybe not trouble, but he was stirring up questions, right? People were asking, are you the Messiah? Are you the, the prophet? Are, are you Elijah? Like, who, who are you and, and why are you baptizing? He was stirring up, especially the, the Pharisees and, and the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem. They wanted to know who was this guy and what are we going to do about him? But his answer was this. He says, I'm not any of those guys. I am, he quotes Isaiah, he says, I'm just the voice. I'm just a voice crying out from the wilderness to make straight the path for God. And that was his role, right? To point people to Jesus, to point people to God through Jesus. And, and he was literally and figuratively, well, not literally, just, just figuratively, kind of creating a path to God through the wilderness, and he did this through baptism. Now, John's baptism is a little bit different than the baptism that we under, the way we understand it now. Not that it, was, it maybe looked any different. It was probably in a lot dirtier water than we baptize in. But, but John's baptism was simply for repentance, like to have your sins washed away. That's what he was calling people to, to repent, to turn back to God. And in doing so, he was preparing their hearts for what was to come, for the one who was to come after, who had actually come before, as, as John said. Man, and, and as I was reading that this week, I was reminded of, of our, our need to, to, to repent at times, our need to, to confess. And I know that that's something that maybe we don't dive into very often. That I don't know if that's a, a practice in your life, like a daily practice, like to consider the things that maybe, <laughs> that maybe were sin. And actually spending some time confessing those things to the Lord. But it, like many other practices of, of prayer and, and reading from the Word, we, it's beneficial for us to take a, a moment to look at our lives and see where are, where are the places where, where maybe I missed the mark? Where are the places where maybe I'm moving in the wrong direction? Where are the places where I need to turn back to God? And, and I've found myself um, just finding different prayers to include in my, my own prayer life. And maybe you do this as, as well. But, but there's some great like, like liturgical uh, high church prayers that, about confession. Where you, you would pray, Lord, forgive me for the things that I have, I have said and I have done. And for the things that I have left unsaid. And the things that I have left undone. Lord, I have not loved you with my whole heart, my whole soul, my whole mind, and my own strength, and I have not loved my neighbor as myself. Like that is just a simple way to lead into this time of, of repentance and, and asking for forgiveness. And, and then you might actually be able to name some specific things, of words that were said or left unsaid, ways that, that you either loved or, or unloved people that, that you should or, or shouldn't have. But it was a reminder for me, and I hope it's a reminder for you to, to begin to be re-adding that practice into a, a daily rhythm of, of consideration in our day. That was how John was pointing people to God through that baptism, through a, a repentance. And he pointed, and he, but he also knew he was pointing to Jesus, the one who would come, the one whose sandals he said he was unworthy to even untie. And that what he was doing by his baptism and his pointing to Jesus was just the tip of the iceberg, that there would be one who would come actually the, the next day that would begin to do this work. And that's what happens on, on day two. All of what I just talked about was on the first day. And then on day two, Jesus shows up. 
Jesus walks towards John, and, and John, he's excited, right? He's like a, a kid at Christmas. He sees the Lamb of God. He just begins to cry out. There, there he is. There is the Lamb of God who has come to save the sins of the world. Not to save my sins, he doesn't say. Not to save your sins, but he came to save the sins of the world, to have the sins of every woman, man, and child placed upon him. He calls him the Lamb of God. And in doing so, he is, John the Baptist is, is pointing towards the future. He's pointing towards what we'll read about in about 15 chapters when, when Jesus is, according to Scripture, placed on the cross and murdered so that our sins might be forgiven. He's pointing towards that in, in the days ahead by calling Jesus the Lamb of God in, in a way that Peter would later describe in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, when he says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but he was revealed in these last days for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him so your faith and your hope are in God. See, it, it's interesting because right after this, it, it says, and then John kind of testifies. He begins to tell about a story or testifies to a story that he doesn't really tell us about. It's a story that we read in the other gospels. It's, it's the story of, of Jesus' baptism when Jesus was, was baptized by John, and then it says that in Mark and in some of the other Gospels, it says that the heavens split open, that they actually like tore open, and, and that the Spirit of God came down like a dove, and, and it landed on Jesus. And, and John says it, it remained on him. And he testifies to, to this, not in the, as much detail as you read in the other stories, but he says, the, the Lord told me, the, the one who sent me said that the one who the, the Spirit comes down upon and remains upon, this is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. This, he testified, is the Son of God. Now there's a lot that we could try to unpack when it comes to talking about uh, the Holy Spirit, about about this scene, and, and, and I'm not trying to, to skate around the issue, but, but there's gonna, we're going to see in John's gospel that the Holy Spirit is, is alive and, and moving and, and anointing Jesus and being anointed onto others by Jesus, and, and it's, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit a lot over the next 60 weeks. But for now, let me just point out two things that I think were significant. The first is this. It's worth noting that it says that the Holy Spirit remained on Jesus. Now, this is a word that we're going to see come back time and time again throughout John's gospel, the word remain. And so it's worth noting and, and remembering as we hear it today. And I think for many of us, depending on I don't know, our, our, the church tradition that we grew up in, uh, how we maybe read and understand scripture, or even just the experiences we have, like our understanding and our, our perspective and how we see the Holy Spirit, it probably varies from, from person to person or family to family in this, in this room. But there's something that I think that we could all see 
about the Holy Spirit and about Jesus in this moment is that Jesus, fully man, fully human, fully divine, has the Holy Spirit come upon him and, and anoint him, preparing him for, for the work that he would accomplish on earth, that, that even Jesus needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to receive this anointing and this enabling and this equipping by the Holy Spirit, and that the Spirit, it says that it, again, it's significant, that it remained upon him. Jesus himself, in, in Luke chapter 4, when he walks into a synagogue and he pulls out the scroll of Isaiah, he says this, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You see, all of this is, is mysterious to us. We don't, we don't have every answer about how the, the Holy Spirit works and how, how he moves, how he anoints and enables, fills us and produces fruit in and through us. But we see that it started with Jesus. It was in this moment, it was right after this moment that, that in those other gospel accounts that it says that, that they heard this voice, the voice of, of the Heavenly Father that says, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. In some ways it was like the, the inauguration of Jesus' ministry, maybe even the inauguration of, in some ways of, of his kingship, which actually probably wouldn't be completely inaugurated until he, he was crucified and, and risen again. But this is a significant moment in, in John's gospel and in all the gospels as well. But the story goes on. John doesn't give us a ton of details, but he jumps right into the next day where again John sees Jesus coming down the road and he, he calls out the exact same thing. Look, the Lamb of God, except this time John has uh, like two of his disciples that, that are with him. We read that, right? But we only get the name of one of them. Like one of them is Andrew, and then it just says that there was another disciple there. Now that can be a little bit confusing, but I think my best understanding is that that other disciple, we're going to see him kind of get, get uh, snuck into the story a couple more times throughout this gospel that it, that other disciple was was the disciple that that wrote this gospel the 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 one that Jesus loved and has a great foot race with Peter at the at the end of this story that we'll we'll get to and laugh at at some point but these two they they saw Jesus they heard John the Baptist say this is the lamb of God this is God's chosen one this is the son of of God and, and immediately it says they just followed him now it probably meant that they literally like just turned and began to follow Jesus where he was going walking in his footsteps following his his dust trail but that word follow it it has a, a, a deeper and more significant meaning than just simply walking behind that is the word that Jesus would use to to call his disciples when he would say come and and follow me it's the word that he would use to describe his disciples as, as those who were who knew him and were obedient to him. It, it's the word that would generally describe discipleship or, or following of Jesus. So these two, when they heard that Jesus was the Lamb of God and they turned to follow him, they weren't just simply like just wondering where the cool guy was going, like, hey, let's just check it out, maybe get his autograph. No, they were making a decision, even in that moment, to say, I'm, I'm going to follow this guy. I'm going to commit to, like, to, to follow like, who he is, what he says, and, and what he is doing. I want that to become 
to begin to be my life. And, and in that moment, Jesus turns around and he says, like, what do you want? And I thought that seemed a little snarky in the moment. Like, like Jesus kind of turns around like, like so what do you want? But, but that word like, or that question, what do you want, actually means, it's better translated, like, what are you seeking? What do you desire? What are you going after? And they said, Rabbi, which John helps us to understand, it means teacher. And they said, they said, Rabbi, like, where are you staying? Now that's kind of a weird question. Like, like, you got Airbnb, like where are you, where are you going? And but here's the thing: that word staying could actually better be translated remaining. Like, where are you remaining? You see, what we begin to see in just like a like a maybe a small example of or just a simple example of what discipleship looks like. It looks like following Jesus. It looks like seeking Jesus. And it looks like remaining with Jesus. Like that word remain is the same word that we read in, in John chapter 15 when Jesus says, I am the vine and, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you will do nothing. Like this is, this is just the... the the grassroots of discipleship, by following Jesus, seeking Jesus, and remaining with Jesus. And all of those things we will dive into in, in a deeper understanding as, as we make our way through John's gospel. But it's interesting. They didn't just hang out with Jesus. I mean, they did. They stood there. They were with him like for the whole afternoon. But eventually they left. They went to find Andrew's brother, who they said his name is, is Simon. And they, they were excited. They're like, Simon, like we think we found, or we have found the Messiah. And so they just grabbed Simon. It doesn't say what Simon was doing, but they grabbed him and they took him to meet Jesus. And as soon as Jesus sees Simon, he, he says his name. He doesn't just say his name. He changes his name. Now, this was, this was more than just a simple change of, of identity. This is different than like going down to the DMV and, and getting a new license to change your name. He was changing his identity. He was changing his future. He was changing his life. And we don't get to see much of that story in this passage, but we will as we continue to follow along with Jesus and with his disciples you see, here's the thing. As, as we read a passage like this, again, early on in John's, in John's gospel, it would be easy for us to just kind of get, like, just go deep into the weeds of, of uh, vocabulary, of theology, of, of doctrine, of, of wanting to know and understand everything that, that's taking place in this. But I think what we easily forget is that the people in this story and the people that John is, is talking about here, these are, these are real people. Like John the Baptist, he put on his camel hair pants one leg at a time, just like everybody else. <laughs> like these are, these, are real, these are real people living in real time with, with Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And here are two, three actually, good Jewish guys who were, who'd probably been waiting their entire life for the Messiah. 
They had heard about him. They had wondered about him. They had hoped for him. Like they, everybody wanted a, a new exodus. They wanted this Messiah to deliver and to rescue them. So they were waiting. That's, that's why they were so excited when they ran to Simon. Like, we found the Messiah. Come, let's, 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 go, let's go see him. Like they were, they were excited. They were looking for the Messiah. But here's the thing is I doubt that, that they had any idea that the Messiah was looking for them. But we see that as soon as Jesus bumped into Peter, like he knew exactly who Peter was, where Peter was. Like Jesus had, had been looking for them as well. To offer maybe a, a name change, a new future, a new life, a new hope. And here's the thing, as, as we come in here today, it's likely that most of us came in here maybe looking or expecting, wanting or hoping for something. Maybe we just wanted a, an encounter with God. Maybe we came in hoping for community. Maybe we, we wanted to be rescued or we needed uh, hope. Maybe we needed um, healing. Maybe we wanted relationship. Like, like the list could go on and on. Like depending on what we're dealing with in life right now, there's a lot of reasons why, why maybe we are making our way seeking the Lord this morning. But I, I, just knowing myself and, and knowing people in general, I doubt many of us came in here thinking, man, the Lord is looking for me today. The Lord is coming in today and, and he knows you by name. And he knows exactly where he might need to change your identity just a little bit today. He knows where he might need to, to point you in a new direction this morning. He knows where you might need a, a new life today, a fresh start this morning. Like he wants to meet you here. He's been looking for you and he's been looking forward to seeing you today. It's not by chance that, that we gathered here this morning, that you made your way here this morning. Like your reasons for coming might have been your own, but it's not by chance that the Lord would be present with you today and meet you exactly where you're at, wanting to help you in the circumstances and situations that you find yourself, wanting to help lead you into new life. And again, it, be, it begins with the invitation that we talked about last week, the invitation that we're going to see even again probably next week, where Jesus says, come and see, come and believe, come and follow me. Because what we're looking at here when we, when we read through the Gospel of John is, it, is it's more than just simply a story that we would read, a story that we would study, a, a story that we would try to figure out and, and then put right back up on, on the shelf again. Rather, this story is something we're being invited into today, that Jesus is inviting in to participate in today and every day as we, as we follow him as we seek him, as we pursue him. And I guess my question as we, as we close this morning is, is what is Jesus inviting you into today? Now that answer might not just come to mind. Maybe it did. Maybe the, the Lord is like, you know exactly what I'm inviting you into right now. But maybe it's like we need to pause and to ponder and to consider the, the word of the Lord to be 
led by the Holy Spirit, to come with, with ears that are ready to, to listen and to hear, and then to, to obey what we sense the Lord is, is inviting us into and leading us into. So as the worship team comes up, I just want to lead us in, in a, a moment of, of prayer. And built into that will just be a, a, just a short moment to listen. And then we'll close with a song. Jesus, we come before you this morning grateful that you invite us into your story. That you know us by name. That you know everything about us. You know every circumstance and situation that we face. You know whether we come in here happy, mad, or sad. And you love us just the same. And you have been pursuing us. You maybe this morning, Lord, have a new identity for us. You have a, a new way you want us to live, a new direction you want us to move, a, a, a new way of, of following that you're calling us into. And we pray this morning that you would give us some clarity. Holy Spirit, that you would speak into our hearts and our souls and our minds and our lives in ways that we could hear and understand. And so, Lord, just in this moment, we just want to give you some space, just a few moments to, for you to speak, for us to listen, and, and if nothing else, just to quiet our hearts in our souls, in our minds, and hear you say, Scott, or to hear you say what, your name. Like, just listen for the Lord. Say your name this morning. We're just going to take a few moments, and then Olivia will close us in a song. As I prepare to, to send you out this morning, I was reminded this week, I, I saw someone uh, post on, I don't know, Twitter or something, but it was a, a, another pastor, probably a famous person, said something to, the, to this effect. They said, people, uh, your pastor can't read your mind, and, and they don't know when things aren't, aren't right in your lives, and, and, and we can't pray for you if we don't know. And I just was reminded that, that as much as I try to, to pay attention and to, and to know you and to be in touch with, there's just, it's hard for us as, as a staff and as a team and as leadership board to, to be able to know everything that's happening in everybody's life. But we want you to know that we are here to be like praying with you. 
praying for you, coming alongside you. And so if that's something that, that you need, if you need to, to talk, if you need to be prayed for, if you just need someone to, to listen or, to, or you just want someone to listen to you, I'm really good at talking, then just let us, let us know. Find a way to reach out. Stick around after church. Send us an, an email if you're watching online. But don't allow yourself to, to just go into the, the next week without having an, at least an opportunity to, to let someone come alongside you in the things that are going on in your life. And that, again, it could be, be me or any one of our, our team, but it also could just be the, the people in your small group. It could be the pe- your next door neighbor. It could be, it could be anybody. But let me encourage you to do that today. So let me uh, just say, have a great day. As you leave this place, just be reminded that we're not leaving the presence of Jesus, but we have a unique and special opportunity to take the presence of Jesus with us wherever we go. God bless you as we go, and we'll see you next week.